0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. But great relationships are the key to life. How many would agree with me there? And uh, that's why I love this church. And thank you, everybody. It's a real honor to be back here. And you guys keep inviting me back, I don't know why, but thank you. And uh, it is a joy to be here. And it was great coming to the Hilltop um, Conference this weekend. That was super, you guys. Congratulations to everybody who's a part of that. And, um, and God bless the people who, um, who seeded that harvest. Yeah. I-, I was impressed when you said that offering you took on the Friday night, man. That's seeding the next generation, that's where we're going, guys. Christianity is one generation away from the continued supernatural harvest that God wants on our nations, eh? And so God bless you guys for sowing that beautiful music. Thank you very much, guys. I'm going to let you guys sit down. Give these guys a huge... Boy, they were great. Thank you for that awesome worship. Thank you for awesome worship. And uh, thank you, Pastor Byron and Ann. We're staying with them while they're here, and that's, that's honestly just fun. <laughs> It's great when you just stay somewhere, it's fun, it's better than a hotel actually, hotels are so boring, and, uh, but we're staying and, um, and we've got uh, Montana and, oh yeah, okay, well you guys can sit down too, alright, okay, <laughs> I wasn't going to let you sit down yet, but there you go, and we've had so much fun with the girls and I think we've rallied them up a bit, stirred them up, got the ADD going, and uh, that's all fun, you know. And so, very it's a great joy to be here, is what I'm saying. Thank you, everybody, sound people. Thank you first. Thank all the people who make this happen. And boy, he, uh, Pastor Byron's right. The stuff you guys did making that hilltop happen, that was outstanding, man. I was like blown away just coming to it. Thank you, guys. You're flipping legends, okay? Flipping's a word. F- Paul wrote a whole book to the Philippians, so... <laughs> and uh, so... So it's good to be here. Why don't we pray and then we're going to go to the word, guys. And... uh Man, I just feel so excited to be here and I'm excited about what you're doing, what's happening tonight. So get pumped right now, all right? Holy Spirit, we give you authority. We thank you for what you've done already in this atmosphere. We thank you for the miracles that are already being established right here in this atmosphere. And God, we thank you right now for the amazing presence of the Holy Spirit. God, we long for your presence, God. We are hungry for your presence. And today as we come together to celebrate the goodness of an awesome God. Father, we lift your name up on high above every other thing here today. We lift up that name, which is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, whereby we can be saved. And Father, we want to thank you right now for every person gathered here today, every family represented, every home represented, every life represented, God. I thank you today, God, that you begin to do supernatural miracles in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, I want to talk about this morning, I'm going to call it um, Get Out of the Shallows. Get out of the shallows. I think we get stuck in the shallows. And uh, I want to say, it's so easy to be stuck in the shallows. And I want to uh, stir your faith a little this morning. And I want to say, let's get out of the shallows and do something big for God, okay? It'll demand that every one of us get into deeper water, take a risk or two, believe that God has called us to do the spectacular in this day and this age to see thousands come to Jesus Christ, amen? And, and as Pastor Byron, or was it Pastor Ann, I can't remember, just then, said, we better not, can't remember the word you used, but get comfortable. If you snooze, if you, snooze you will lose, okay? That's a good word. Um, um, Jesus actually wrote, and I just, while he was saying that, I just flicked to this in my Bible, which is on a tablet these days, just like Moses. Um, Revelation chapter 3, page 1242, if you're looking for it. And uh, Jesus spoke to a guy called John. John, uh, one of the disciples of Jesus. John was the guy who just loved Jesus. And can I say right now, the key to this Christian life is fall in love with Jesus over and over again. Never forget your first love. Man, I don't know about you, I can still remember the day I gave my life to Christ in vivid, in vivid color movie. I can see it right now. Never lose that experience. That is the greatest day of our life. I thank God today for the man who challenged me as a man and said, Don McDonnell, what are you doing with your life? If you died tonight, where would you spend eternity? I thank God for guys who challenged my eternal destiny. I was lost, going nowhere without any hope. And I want to tell you right now, hope is the greatest the greatest key to living an exciting life. Whatever way you're living it, hope is the key that unlocks possibilities, adventure, it unlocks incredible vision, which is why a thing like Hilltop gets launched, because people get hope in God and it changes lives. Hallelujah. So I am grateful today to the man who shared Jesus Christ with me, the first man who dared to step into my world, who was unashamed of the faith that he lived and stepped out of his comfort zone and stepped into my Whatever he might have perceived that world to be, I would imagine it was a scary world, okay? I'm a builder by trade, and I'm still a builder, really. And uh, he stepped into that world, and I don't know if there's any builders here. I think we're a bit of a rugged breed, you know? Any builders in the house? Shoot. Shoot. Am I the only one? There's no builders in the house, either. That or you've got frozen shoulder from all the hard work. Okay. Oh. Oh, right there. Yeah, they call me Bob the builder. There we go. I love that, Bob the Builder. That is awesome. So you're the you and me. You wear it, and uh, all the others with frozen shoulder. We just speak a miracle over you right now. We release you from those sho- frozen shoulders that you able to get your hand up. And I'll ask one more time right now, are there any people in the construction industry in this place? Yeah, mate, still, mate, hey, okay. I don't know how you get anything built around here. But anyway, there you go. It's great, great, and uh, so to walk into that world, it is a bit of a rugged world, and this guy came unashamed, unintimidated, and bold, holding nothing back, and challenged us about our eternal destiny. I want to speak about that this morning. I want to say it's time to get out of the shallows of our life and launch into the deep things of God, and the deep things of God, the way I see it, is to carry a passion for the souls of men and women. We've got about four people on board there. A passion. Jesus talked to John about it. He said, John, I've got a message to the seven churches. And he'd be talking about the end time church, which I think you could probably conclude we could be it. Just with what's happening around the world right now. It's never been more nutty than it is right now, I promise you. It's like people have never been so easily offended as they are now. you just got to write one comment on Facebook, half the world gets offended. It's like crazy. It's absolutely out of control. We are living in very, very challenging times. But you know what? Jesus is still on the throne. And uh, like Jacob in Genesis 28, I think it is, verse 15, he said, "Um, the Lord was in this place and I didn't even recognize it. I pray today this awesome presence of God here, amazing as we worship Jesus this morning, like the presence of God was so rich. And he said, this is what Jacob said, the Lord was there and I knew it not. I didn't recognize the power of God that was in the place to heal me right where I was singing. Didn't need to wait for a preacher, just got healed right where I was singing. Didn't need to wait for the altar call, just right there got a connection happening with my God. And Jacob said, this is none other than the house of God, it's the church. I love the church, guys. This is the place to be. And I want to tell you right now, there's no more exciting avenue than you could go into a place like this where we can connect with God, where we can get connected with the people of God, where we can get stirred in our faith out of our comfort zone, where we can be called to step into deeper water and rise up a little. And I believe today, I want to make it a little bit of, Pastor Byron just came and challenged the life out of us. So I'm going to do the same today. All right. He preached in our church last weekend and it was oh, two weekends ago, sorry. And it was Pastor Ann too, I should say. And it was absolutely challenging. Well, I want to challenge you a little bit with this. He said to John, write this letter to the churches. And this is what the angel said. This is a message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. This is a letter to the church in the end time. It's pretty scary stuff, guys. You have a name for being alive, but you are dead. Then he says these beautiful words, wake up. There's nothing like it, is there? Like, wake up. You know, when you wake up in the morning, however that was this morning, whether it was a shock to you or a great thing for you, but you've made it here, which is an incredible thing. But he said, wake up, strengthen what remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find your actions do not meet the requirements of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. This is what he was writing to the church of Sardis. That's scary stuff, guys. Scary stuff. I believe it could be because, you know, the church of Sardis, this was the thing about the church of Sardis. The church of Sardis was the only church that had no persecution. There was zero persecution against the church in Sardis. Every other church was getting persecuted, but not the church in Sardis. Why? Because it had bowed down to the culture of its time. And I think one of the dangers that we can do is bow down to the culture of our time and become a silent witness and become unexcited about the presence of God that we carry on our lives. We're meant to be on fire with the joy of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want to ignite some people this morning with the precious power of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God in your life this morning. We are sent here. We are positioned today to change our world. No matter who we sit with, no matter who it is, this is the greatest message of all time. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no message like it. There's a whole world right now. I saw them down here on the weekend. Hundreds of young men and women without one thing, and it's called hope. And no wonder in the world that we live right now that they would have no hope. We have our political regime spreading a message that the world is falling apart, that that we're chewing up the energy, that it's all going to custard. And here we are with the greatest message of time that Jesus said there is hope right till the end. And I want to tell you, if you think it's over now, Jesus has still got it in control. If you're thinking, man, it's almost over, I'm here to say, wake up today. This is our finest hour, friends, and we can take the gospel of Jesus to a broken world and see an army rise out of the ashes in Jesus' name. It's not by chance. You've got the book of Ezekiel, where God says to Ezekiel in in, in um Ezekiel chapter 37, go down. See, it says God picked him up. Picked him up by the hair, actually which probably wouldn't work for some of you, but God picked him up by the hair and it says he carried him away. Now, I don't know about you, I love getting carried away in the presence of God, friends. I love it. I love it. There's nothing like an altar call that you can respond and stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit and position yourself for God to fill you to overflowing. There is nothing like it. I challenge you to be there. People say to me, I consistently get asked, Don, how come you're still on fire for the power of God's incredible mercy? 45 years, 47 years now in ministry, how come you're still on fire for the things of God? You know where it happens? Right here on a thing called an altar, where you position yourself and say, God, fill me again. I need more of you. I'm not satisfied. I'm not done yet. I'm ready to rise up again, and I'm ready to go again in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, you won't do it in your own strength. You won't do it. You know, Christianity without Jesus is just religious rules that will bore you to tears. But Christianity with the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It'll unlock a miracle in your world. It'll change you into a life-giving instrument. It'll cause you to be sent instead of just went. It'll cause you to carry the miraculous of God in your life. And I really believe, man, let's let's get in the presence of God again. Let's get in the presence of God, friends. Let's soak in the presence of God. This church had bowed down, bowed down to the culture of its day. And I see so often as I travel the world that it's so easy for Pentecostalism to be repressed and pushed down. You know what I'm talking about? Like barely, some churches I go to, they're barely speaking tongues any longer. We're too ashamed of what we've got. The Holy Spirit within me would be the greatest instrument of the Holy Ghost to set captives free. He'll give the ability to unlock the broken, to bring hope to the hurting, to bring restoration to the death on the death row and see them raised to life again in Jesus' name. We are meant to carry this incredible love of God to our world. I want to challenge you today in what way are you carrying the presence of God? Because I think it's easy it's easy to get confined it's easy I mean I mean man listen to this it's it's quite interesting because Jesus went to these guys in the shallows and uh he he spoke to them and uh, sorry this this is nothing what I gave you I've totally changed my message which is not unusual for me I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit said here's where you're going but listen to this, in, uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, so it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God, that he stood, everybody say he stood, he stood. come on, put up your hand and say, stand next, me, stand next to me, Jesus, come on, about three hands went up, come on, stand next to me, Jesus, I want to, there, there, there's something about pressing in. There's something about not just turning up to church but coming with an anticipation and an excitement that God you're going to do something. I don't know about you but I arrived here, flew into your country after talking to Dan on the phone expecting incredible things in this place. And I want to tell you right now we have got to turn up expectant. There's nothing worse than people who turn up and ho-hum, anything might happen. I want to be leaning in and I want to be causing Jesus' attention to be attracted to me so that he stands still right next to me. And then I get a miracle happening in my world. yee We need to be on the edge of enthusiasm that causes God's presence to change the atmosphere. See, if these guys had said, the multitude pressed about Jesus. Now, incidentally, there's only two crowds I've ever seen press in. They are either incredibly desperate, and I believe many of these would have been, incredibly desperate. God, my sickness, my disease. God, my brokenness, my my dreams, my emotions, my mind, my, my head, God. I need restoration. So they pressed into Jesus. They couldn't get close enough to him. I just can't get close enough to Jesus. When I'm talking to my broken world, when I sit down in a restaurant or wherever we are, and you you, you listen to the stories of broken men and women, and you and I are there positioned by God to bring the presence of God and unlock a miracle in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you right now, this is the whole message of the gospel. See, the, the, the gospel without Christ at the center is just another religious message to our world. But you and I have to have Jesus full on in his awesome presence to bring a miracle in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, they're either incredibly desperate or incredibly anticipating, anticipating sorry, with expectation. And I think I'm with a crowd this morning that's very expectant of God to do the miraculous and I want to stir you up. I'm going to say, come tonight and support. There's going to be people here tonight who, you know, half the thing is people always say, oh, it's going to be great. I'm waiting for the message, waiting for the message. No, I'm waiting to who I'm going to sit beside in the meeting before it begins and get catch what they've got on their life because we stir each other up. Iron sharpens iron. The last time I read the Bible, I want to sharpen some of us up this morning. I'm getting sharpened. I'm hanging out with Pastor B, and I'm getting sharpened every day when you hang with him. We need to be people who are consistently positioning ourselves, and that's why, when you think about it, we seed the future. We seed the future by sowing into a hilltop conference. We seed the future by coming to the church and just lifting our hands. That seeds the future. That seeds a prayer. Holy Ghost, I worship you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Dwell within your people. Just lift your hands right now. Just try that right now. Just try it right there, right across this place. Lord, I release an anointing right now as we seed the future of expectation, inviting you to do a miracle in our physical bodies, in our families, in our homes, in our schools, in our world, in our workplaces, in our businesses. God, we seed the future right now. With our hands lifted high, we give you all the praise and all the glory right now. And we thank you, God, with God All things are possible. Come on, give him a shout and a praise right there. With God. All things are possible. And it says that the multitude began to press about Jesus to hear the word of God so that he stood still by the lake of Gennesaret. And as he stood there, he looked and he saw two boats anchored in the shallows. I want to ask you this question this morning. What is there in your life that's anchored in the shallows right now that God wants to launch out into the deep? What is there that's anchored down in the shallows of your world? What is there in the talents, the abilities, the anointing, the calling? Because we're all called of God. We're all called of God to be incredible men and women of the supernatural capacity of God that brings hope and healing to our world. That's who we are. That's why, if we look right around this room here right now, there would be one third of this room that has the gift of being able to lay hands on the sick and see them healed in Jesus' name. I just know it. I know it with the people I've hung with in life that we carry an anointing to bring wholeness to our world. That's why God called us. Listen, it goes on to say, and it's beautiful, the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. And Jesus turns up and he gets into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he said, hey, put out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. So Jesus wants to use your world to be a witness to the world. That's like, if that's my business, a fishing business, inviting Jesus, come on, I want you to be a part of my business today. And I want you to get in there and, and, and totally transform that thing. Totally transform it. God be the incredible power in my business or in my world. When Jesus stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out and... Notice he calls him Simon still. I think that's interesting that he still calls him Simon. Remember back in the day, about 18 months earlier, he said, no longer will you be called Simon, you'll be called Peter. In other words, you're not going to be a Simon representing if you're a Simon here today, we love you, by the way, but if, 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 if he said, you're not going to be a Simon that's blowing this way and that way with the wind, he said, from here on, you're going to be a rock that stands in confidence because God is with you. You'll notice when the devil turned up and Jesus said to Simon, 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 that Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I pray that you will stand. You'll notice that the devil only had any license over who Peter used to be, not who he was right now he didn't call for Simon Peter who you are now blood washed in the in the power of Jesus love you are a conqueror and overcomer and more than a victor in Jesus name that's who you are this is why we're unintimidated we're unintimidated the world doesn't intimidate us we don't fear man we fear God and we want to be active and involved in the calling of God in our lives in this season so when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, come on, launch out into the deep. And Simon comes up with all these excuses. Oh, we tried that. God, I lifted my hand once this morning. You don't expect me to do it again, do you? God, I did this. this why I sang a couple of verses of that song. What else do you want from me? That's like Simon here, you know. God, how much do you expect from me? Well, I'll tell you what. Jesus changed my life. I'm willing to give him every single thing in my life, every aspect, every breath. In fact, the next breath you catch, you wouldn't get it if God didn't give it to you. We are alive today because of the blessing and the grace of God, friends. And uh, launch out. Anyway, when they got over all that, I've toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I love the word of God, guys, at your word. And when they'd finally done, they caught a great number of fish so that their net was sinking, breaking, sorry. And they particularly the partners in the other boat because their boat was beginning to sink. I love that that Jesus can see the unseen abundance in this church, in your world, in the youth ministry and highway, Jesus can already see the unseen abundance that we're just getting excited about now. Hallelujah. So When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, depart from me, O Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and, all, he and all who were with him were astonished at the great catch they had taken. Woo-hoo. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Here it is. Do not be afraid from now on you will catch men. I want to prophesy every single person here today, and I want to say, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Did you get it? Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Wow. Wow. They gave up it. They were so excited about this Jesus, the miraculous, they forsook all and followed him. I want to speak to you today about being a contagious weapon in the hands of an awesome God. This is called evangelism. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Some of you have moved cities, moved towns, moved countries. The reason God did that is to reposition you so you'd be the greatest voice of His power, of His kingdom, of His love in your world today. Can I stir you up with that? I want to tell you at work. The only people I've ever met who didn't want to hear about Jesus or didn't want to accept Him was because Jesus was represented in the wrong way. We misrepresent Jesus. And I want to say we need to learn, and I've got a whole evangelism course that I do on this, teaching people how to bring the presence of God to your community, your workplace, and your world. Because we can turn people off. We can actually be quite ugly about it. I sat on an airplane a little while ago. I think Mark was with me. Sat on an airplane, beautiful seat, one of those exit row seats. I'll come down here sat on a beautiful exit row seat. You know, I'm a a, a holy ghost born again believer. When I sit on the airplane, I want the right person sitting next to me. So I'm watching them come down the aisle. They're coming down, not you, you can, not you, you can, not you. And you've all done this. You've all done this. There's people you want beside you and there's people you're not. How judgmental of you, may God forgive you. And there were people I didn't want sitting beside me, and there were people I did. Finally, a guy comes down who I decided already, I do not want you sitting beside me. You'd be the last person on this airplane that I want sitting beside me. Uh, there were several things not being, I'm trying, not, I'm trying to be nice here, but he was, in my opinion, which is probably right, he was overweight. He, 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 he just didn't look like my sort of guy. Anyway, he sat down beside me, plonked himself down, as we took off, he peels out his tray, slaps a big black Bible down it, bangs it down so that I would notice. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is an evangelistic tool, all right? You get your big black Bible out and you slap it down so that it shakes the tray. And all the flight attendants notice. Then he turns to me and he says, so are you a Christian? I hope you're not clapping him because I don't like him. (laughs) I said to him, nah, what would I want to be one of those for? Look at you. (laughs) And uh, he's like, what do you mean? I said, mate, I believe in reincarnation. (laughs) And so I started telling him, he looked at me quite surprised. And... uh, You know what kind of offended me about his approach? He didn't care that it could have been that the week before that my son had been tragically killed on the side of the highway, that I was possibly blaming God for such an ugly thing, that my attitude was anger, that there could have been, I wasn't in that situation, but there could have been a million things going on in my world. Are you a Christian? And I tell you, friend, it wasn't going to work. Anyway, I went down this road and I said, yeah, I used to be a dog and I was a good dog. And, uh, and I began to get a crowd, like on a 747 where whatever, 30,000 feet, there were people. There were people poking their heads through the back seat to listen to our light like, would Be you, sister, poking your head through here to have a listen in to what we're talking. And I was telling him I used to be this good dog. And I said, when I would go to the park as dogs do, I said I'd trot off down the road and I'd get to the park, and I would always make sure I returned to my own home to do the things that dogs do, and uh, I didn't want to mess up the park because think of the little kids rolling around on the ground and having fun in the park. So. I was telling him all this, and he's like, he's, he's totally right right with me, right with me. And uh, then as we got into it, I said, but there was this one day I went to the park, and someone had left some rotten food there. Some campers had been in there, and they'd dumped all their rubbish there, and I mowed into it, thinking it smelled quite good. And next thing I felt very sick, and I knew things were going to happen. And so I thought, I cannot mess it up for the kids. So I was running home and charging up my street, not taking any notice of the vehicles. And I said, next thing, this woman driver came out of her driveway and smacked me, got me fair in the back of the neck here and busted my neck and I died and went to dog heaven. (laughs) And his eyes are as big as saucers now. He's actually, I've almost converted him. (laughs) And uh, so he's like, Man, what happened? I said, well, because I was a good dog, and all the flight attendants are listening, everybody's in, and uh, they're all hanging around, the crowd behind's leaning over. And I said, because I was a good dog, they said, you're going to go back as Don McDonnell. (laughs) And here I am. I said to him, here I am. And uh, I I said to him, I can see you've got a little bit of doubt. You're not believing me. I said, you like this guy called uh, Thomas, Thomas the Doubter. I said, "You're doubting my story." And he was amazed that I knew about Thomas, but I said, "You're doubting my story." And Thomas had to feel the, the, the nail prints, he had to feel the wound in Jesus' side. And I said, if you put, you can try. I said, "If you put your hand right there, you can still feel where the car got me and broke my neck. You feel out) like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And at 38,000 feet. On a 747, I tried to bite his arm off. Sorry if I scared you, man. And uh, the entire, everybody who was listening in sort of let out like, you know, they got a fright of their life. And then I said, man... I am a blood-brought, Holy Ghost, power-believing Christian. And I said, I love Jesus. He is the power of my life that changed my life. And I said this to him, but I said, the message that you bring is not likely to captivate people. I said, can I take you, At Mark and I, at the end of the trip, we want to take you to a cafe and teach you some evangelism principles so that you'll catch people, love people, embrace people, and bring them into the kingdom of God. God loves people. He's not out to hammer people or beat them around the head. God wants to embrace people and bring them in because we have a broken world. It's a broken will. We don't need a harsh, old. Oh, you know, are you a Christian? We just need God loves you, man, and God's got a purpose and a destiny for your life. There are so many dynamics that I'd love to teach you this morning about the principles of evangelism that you would be the greatest weapon here in the city of, where are we right now, Gold Coast, wherever we are, Yeah, in the Golka, that you would be like an army that goes forward. And I want to declare and prophesy over you this morning that you would be equipped and ready to take the gospel into your community like never before in Jesus' name. See, it's all about this. See, I met a guy, George Thomas, several years ago. He got born. uh, Smith Wigglesworth walked into a coal mine. I've told you the story. And Smith Wigglesworth led him to Christ. I was very fortunate this man finally came and lived beside me. And when I was living in a very dark world and dark life, he came over and he didn't call the cops because we had a wild party. He didn't dial 111. He prayed to heaven to change Don McDonnell's life, that his neighbor would be a different person. Then in the morning he came out, and I'll do this with you again because I've already tried to bite your arm off. He came out in the morning and he said, I've got a word for you, and he prophesied over me. I didn't even know what prophecy was. He said, you're going to get born again. Are you born again yet? Okay, we better go find somebody else. Uh, He he said, I prophesy over you, you're going to become a man of God. You're going to travel the world. You're going to see thousands saved. You're going to see the dead rise. You're going to see sick people get healed. You're going to see broken shackles disappear off people's lives. And you're going to see hope come into the eyes that have no hope any longer. Get ready for that to happen, by the way. What is your name? Reuben, stand up right now. Holy Ghost, I thank you for young Reuben. Reuben, I reckon you've got it on you too. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I prophesy over this young man, Reuben. How old are you, Reuben? 18. 18. You're just the right age to be a weapon in the hands of God, okay? Okay. Reuben, I'll tell you right now, let God light those eyes up tonight to be a prophetic instrument in the hands of God. Don't doubt yourself. Don't fear what man can do. Just go with the fire of God. Lift your hands toward heaven. Holy Spirit, touch him with your anointing right now and let the fire of God get departed. Let the anointing go all over him in Jesus' name. Look out for that guy when he gets up, all right? Make sure he doesn't get up too quick either. You've got to get under it, I tell you right now. Here comes a lady to get a bit of that herself. Holy Spirit, thank you for the anointing on her life right now. And Father, we thank you right now, you mighty woman of God. I prophesy of you right now, you're going to see a miracle happen in your family. You're going to see the power of God go through your generation. And in Jesus' name, even in your, in your neighborhood, look out what's going to happen there. Did she not come up for that? looking for someone else to start coming. What, what are you doing up here? <laughs> Do you know what? He imparted something to me that day that lit something in my life. I sat beside a young woman on an airplane a little while ago with one seat gap between us, and, I thought, and, I said, and she said, I'm surprised you're sitting there. I'd ask that the seat be vacant because I didn't want anybody sitting beside me today. I said, why would that be? She said, because my mother's dying in Auckland Hospital. I thought to her, to myself, I thought, I have the answer for you, baby. And we do think we've got the answer. Let me say to you today, the only answer you've got is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your mindset, your proud arrogance will never cut it. And I was just about to say to her, I know how you feel. My son got killed a few years ago, and I know that broke. And the Holy Spirit just whacked me on the side of the head and said, shut up. Who do you think you are? And so instead of being arrogant and thinking that I had the answer for her, I said to her this. I said, you know what? Could you please tell me how that feels? Because that must be the most broken place you could be. You're going to witness your dear mum at the end of her days. And she said to me, you know what? I don't know how to handle this situation. I feel so broken on the inside. And I don't know what the answers are. And she said this, and this was the key. She said, well, I used to work beside a guy who would have known all the answers. And right there, you and I know that that would have been a believer, a man of God who loved the presence of God. And I didn't want to jump in, but I said to her, who was this guy? She said he was one of those guys, he was into Christianity. And he, she said we used to ridicule him all day long. And finally he left that job, and we don't know where he went, but he left being a school teacher. And I don't know about you, but I know a lot of pastors who used to be school teachers. And I thought, there's a likelihood I know this brother. And so I said to her, would you mind sharing his name with me? And maybe I can find him for you and connect you with him. And she said, yeah, that would be awesome. She said, I said, I think I know him. I think I have a connection for him. Anyway, when I got off the airplane, I phoned him up. And I said, man, I've just been flying and I can't remember her name right now, but I've just been flying beside this girl. Her mother's dying in Auckland Hospital, and she used to work with you. And he said, I remember that girl. She used to give me such a hard time. And I said, well, right now she'd love to meet you because you're the only person she reckoned that had an answer in this broken day of her life. And I said, why don't you go down to Auckland Hospital? She's expecting you. I passed the phone number on. He went down there, led the mother mother of the girl to Christ before she passed into eternity. And then had the privilege of leading this young woman to Christ before he left that hospital. I want to tell you, friend, if we listen to the Holy Spirit, God wants us to be the most attuned, listening people on the planet. And I'm going to say right now, right across this place, I reckon I'm speaking to an army that's about to transform our world. And I want to call you as an army to rise up today. I want to call you as an army to get ready for what God's going to use you for. And I'll tell you right now, the power of God here is to unlock you, dissolve all fear, and empower you and equip you to be the greatest people on the planet. In fact, look out for this young God. Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, right across this place, I believe there are men and women of God here right now. That you've brought them to the kingdom for such a time as this. God, people that maybe you've been anchored in the shallows for too long, and today you're saying it's time to launch out into the deep. Maybe there are people here today whose hope is anchored in the shallows, who are broken in the shallows. Maybe the boat's been in the shallows and it's listening to one side right now because it's leaking, because it's not whole. Maybe the boat's just been laying there for too long, broken and busted. But God, today you're saying, I've come to launch you out into the deeper water, to bring back your dreams, to bring back your hope. And, friend, I'm going to ask right now, before I go any further, right across this place, well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Friend, if you have never made a commitment and said yes to Jesus, If you've never said, God, I need you in my life. I want to surrender my life. God, I want to give you the keys to my heart. I want you to unlock me out of the broken shallows of my world. And God, I want to live again. I want to know your power and your love in my life. Friend, if that's you right now, just lift your hand real quick. And I want to include you in a prayer this morning. Just lift your hand real quick, wherever you are in this meeting. Lift your hand. Give me a wave if I haven't seen that. But I'll tell you right now, God's got a plan for your life. God loves you. He wants to call you today into a place of acknowledging His love and His mercy and His grace for you. So I'm just going to ask you real quick if that you. Lift your hand and say, yes, I need Jesus in my world. Who is that right now? I believe there are people here right now. I believe there's at least four people here right now that God's speaking to your heart today, that God's calling you today and saying, I love you. I have a plan for your life. You are my child. I have a plan for you in this season of hopelessness and desperation. God says, I have a plan for you. Who is that right now? Just real quick, lift your hand. Yeah, God bless you, bro. God bless you, man. That's so awesome. God bless you else is here today just waiting a moment I want to give you a moment friend God bless you God bless you sir that's so awesome so awesome God bless you honey God bless you who's that one more there's one more there's one more person here today you need to say yes to Jesus friend Can I just encourage you right now maybe to step out of the shallows in your life and step into the deep and say, man, I'm going deep. But, God, I want to give you the keys to my heart today. Who is it? Real quick, real quick. You might have never been in church before. You might have never been in this atmosphere, but today you felt the presence of God and the love of God. And I'll just ask one more time, if that's you, just lift your hand. This, This is your miracle day, friend. This is your miracle moment. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Why don't we all stand to our feet right now? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Wow, right across this place right now, the presence of God. You have no idea what joy fills heaven. I was here the other night, and I can't remember. Maybe there was 90 young people responded on an altar like this and said yes to Jesus. God, I'm giving you the keys to my heart. I want to follow you like Peter, James, and John. Lord, we forsake all. We want to follow you today. And I'm just going to ask right now, people who lifted their hands today, people who should have lifted their hands, there's people here right now, you didn't have the, the courage maybe to put up your hand, but can I invite you right now, if you lifted your hand or not, can I invite you to come down the front here? I want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. I want to pray with you. Can you come? Could you come, guys? Yeah, give them a big hand clap as they come. Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, man. It be great to pray with you. I'm just going to... I'm waiting for a moment as you come. Come on. Come on, guys. This would be... Like, seriously, the greatest thing you'll ever do is make a stand for something. And a day will be full for everything to make a stand. That's why I love inviting people to the front. Just come and stand with me and I want to pray with you. Come on, give them a hand clap. Come on. Come on. Waiting for you. Bring your belongings if you need to, but don't be embarrassed to come. Man, am I that scary? Just going to wait a moment for you to come. Come on, guys. I want to pray for you. I want to believe for you. anybody moving waiting waiting greatest day of my life when I stood and came in an altar like this and stood there and said God here I am yeah yeah I shake this guy's hand God bless you right? your name, man? Degan? Degan? This is your day, Degan. Degan, I love this, mate. You've got no idea how much I love this. If you're, there's a couple of you here. Sorry, I'll just meet this guy. What's your name, mate? James. James. God bless you, James. God bless you. God, God, I thank you for these two. Degan, let me say this to you. Today is the most astounding moment in your life you've been trying to find your way back and I want to tell you the love of God's all around you right now mate and and do you know this that sometimes we've got to leave the past to experience the new and I believe God's saying some of the stuff you've carried some of the the self-condemnation and the guilt God says I'm taking all that away today. Deegan, you're a man of God and you've got God's call on you. And I'm gonna be the first to say that to you, mate. It's such a privilege meeting you, man. Let me pray for you. Why don't you guys all all pray with us today, with Deegan and James? Was there anybody else up here today? Anybody else? Give me that hand, man. God bless you, man. Anybody else? I never, get, I never get intimidated in these moments because we're all believers. This is what we live for. We live for a young man called Degan. How old are you again? 16 years old. Deacon, I'll tell you what right now, you're going to know the power of God, and you're going to know what it is to be a witness. You see, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. God's about to give you a testimony of His restoration in your life, and you're going to be a witness for Him, man. I promise you. In fact, what's on me is going to get on you today, all right? You're not here by chance, man. Sam, you're not here by chance. This is a day of destiny for your life, man. And Sam, I want to tell you, God's already called you. God's already put his hand on your life, over your home, your family, your generation. God's about to bring change into that today, man, and get ready for it right now. Jesus' name. Was there anybody else? I'm just still waiting, always anticipating. It's you too. Come on, everybody. We're going to pray. Can I get you guys to pray with me today? Just close your eyes. And the only reason I say close your eyes, because I'm definitely not religious, but I would say close your eyes to block out every distraction because this is a transformational day for you. And I want you to pray these words, and we're all going to join with you. Jesus, I thank you that as I step forward today, I make a decision and a choice to leave my past behind And I step into into your love love and your grace. grace. I know right now that you have forgiven me, that that I am a new creation. And and God, I embrace your love. love. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for for forgiving me. me. Today I receive you as my Savior. savior. Amen. now, come on, give the Lord a huge shout right across this place. God, I want to thank you for this young man called Degan. I thank you, God, for the call on his life. Deegan, you've tried to run for this. You've tried to fight it. You've, tried, you've literally tried to fight and take yourself in the opposite direction. Does that make any sense to you? You've literally had to force yourself to go the opposite way. what you felt in your heart at times when God has said I love you and I'm waiting for you and and it's like the prodigal son returning today because God says I'm bringing you home son I'm bringing you back because I love you and right now Father I thank you for the anointing on this young man, I thank you for what he will be and I thank you for what he will become in you with your power on his life break every shackle in Jesus name Lord, I thank you for this young man, Sam. Boy, Sam, I tell you what, the power of God's all over you today. God says you are forgiven. God says I've put my love on you. And God says right now I equip you with my power. I put my love inside of you that you would be a living testimony for me. And Father, right now let the power of God totally transform his life. A new mind, Lord God. Brand new thinking in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for this miracle that stands here today. In Jesus' wonderful name, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before I go, here's what I'd love to do. I commission every person here today. I commission every one of you to be an incredible instrument in the hands of God to go into your community, to bring transformation in your schools, your homes, your neighborhoods. I commission you, right, in fact, lift your hands right now. Holy Spirit, I pray right now over every hand lifted, God, over every individual, that they would catch an anointing today that literally unlocked the power of God in their families, their schools, their businesses, their surroundings. And in Jesus' name, Lord, we call revival into this house. We thank you, God, what you will do here tonight. But right now, we give you thanks for the amazing young men and women, God, that are in this place. For the fathers and the mothers that are in this place who will disciple a generation. Who will take them to the fullness of God. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for your incredible love and your mercy. That's in this house. In Jesus' wonderful name, fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and let them overflow with your love. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a huge hand clap. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.